Today's episode is brought to you by Caffeine Gum Australia, the number one caffeine supplement on the market. It's used by professional athletes the world over, water approved at $1 per serve with 100 milligrams of caffeine. It's easily the, the safest, most convenient and tastiest caffeine supplement on the market. Check them out at www.caffeinegumaustralia.com. And boom, we're back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Wandering Bear Sports Podcast, the number one sports podcast in the world. Today's very special guest is L.A. Guiltini's loosehead prop, John Pierre Smith, otherwise known as J.P. Smith. Previously, he played for the Queensland Reds and the ACT Brumbies in Australian Super Rugby. And we talk about that as well as what it's been like to set up the new franchise over in L.A., especially during the COVID times. We talk about growing up with his brother, Ruan, the influence of Brad Thorne on his career, and much, much more. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with the great J.P. Smith. I've got you. And I can see you. <laughs> okay, awesome. How are you, mate? Good, brother. You Good on you? I'm good. I'm good. How's LA? That's, oh, mate, I'm real, eh? It's obviously taken a while for us to settle in here and... Um, because of COVID, we went to um, four weeks in Hawaii for training camp there, then back to Oxnard, which is about probably an hour, hour and a half out of LA on a training camp there. And basically after round two, we got sailed in, into the place. So everything took a bit of time, but eventually we got there. Is that is that because of COVID? 100% because of COVID, yeah. We first would have, we, we would have set camp up in Utah and after a while, but then uh, they got around it. And so, yeah, we basically stayed in like a training camp where I think that the Dallas Cowboys also go every year um, for training camps, which is like a little village on its own with field training fields and everything there. So we were pretty isolated there. Hey, that's pretty cool. So, so how's LA now? Is everything almost back to normal? Yeah, everything's basically back to normal. I'd say it's, I think it's basically just outside dining. and But, mate, it looks like everything, if you look in the streets, everything's back to normal. Obviously, the um, face face masks and still, still when you're in, in, in and about. But, um, yeah, no, beaches are packed. Everything looks good. Because I, I could imagine, like, one of the biggest appeals of being in L.A. would be, you know, going to sport, going to do all the different sightseeing things and, getting out and about. Yeah. So have you guys managed to be able to do that or are you still in a little bit of a bubble? Yeah, look, look, fortunate enough, um, uh, we, we the, the bubble, now the bubble with us is, is definitely out because um, most of the boys are basically free to run whenever they can. So we live, like where I live, it's in a Mosa beach. I can see the beach straight from the my apartment. And I probably five, six or six of the other boys live in the same block. So the boys are out and about and yeah, most of the boys... As we obviously want to get around the whole sporting events of LA and that sort of stuff. I haven't gotten to that yet, but we've got time. So slowly but certainly that will come. So how, how did the whole LA thing come about for you? Yeah, it's good. good. I actually get that a lot. So um, basically last year, my, of, yeah, 2020, my final year at the Reds, um, I was unsure of uh, if I still wanted to play Super Rugby. I still in still had the ambition to play but I, the my body was basically made I just had niggles and I yeah I couldn't get through trainings and everything um 100% and it started bugging me mentally and then all of a sudden Wilsey Stephen Wills got in contact with me and said they basically looking for a 
um, to set up a franchise. That was early, early January um, 2020. So then everything went pretty quiet. And then, yeah, around September and stuff, um, things started happening quick. And look, that pretty, pretty much sold me on DC. DC, the head coach, was um, very, oh my, uh, unreal, very approachable guy. And FaceTimed us recent uh, um, occasionally and he was pretty persuasive about the sort of thing he wants to achieve here and new beginning and new um, yeah basically starting something fresh and leaving a legacy here and um, basically sold us on LA the lifestyle and yeah so that that was that was the big big attraction for me I've, um, I thought Ruan was going to go as well yeah no he was going to go mate he, he basically the visa, the the person that handles all the visas and stuff, he, his visa basically just got onto the table of the wrong person. They they've spent thousands and thousands of, of dollars to try and get get him here, but it just couldn't happen, mate. Like that's is I mean our rugby careers, everything basically is very similar. And mine where mine went very smooth. Like I didn't have any dramas at all. And but yeah, his is just unfortunate. And a couple of the boys struggled as well, but for some reason, they just don't want to grant him his. Okay, so that, that's that's unfortunate. But he, he ended up back at the Reds anyway, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he was there to cover a bit of training and uh, or injury spot or when Fial was in, uh, sent for a red card. So he just went back that's, there. That's a shame because it would have been fun for you guys to share all that together. But I guess with the way the world is at the moment, it, it is what it is. Yeah. No, 100% it is what it is, mate. And I think he's... He's in, a, he's in a good space where he is now. I think he's playing a bit of club rugby for brothers. and But he's also close to his daughter, um, which is um, a very bonus. So it's a, it's a bittersweet thing for him as well. But I think he's he's moved on. I think the biggest thing for him was just that five, five, three or four months waiting that nothing happened. Then they have to... Um, so, yeah. But now, now he's got the verdict. Now he can just move on to bigger things on his next chapter. So how many years have you signed for I've signed two years, so this and next year. So you're gonna. So once the season's done, you're just gonna stay there for the whole time. Are you gonna come back, or it'll all depend on what they let you do travel-wise. Yeah, no, hundred um, percent. For me, I think the first first year I'll stay here because obviously with a newborn and that sort of stuff, I don't want to travel a lot. And and it's good, man. I've got two three months. Then then I'll definitely look into the traveling and all the sightseeing and things I want to do. Experience LA, maybe go but down to Mexico and that sort of stuff. Do all that right. sort of stuff. So it gives, gives me a bit of time to do that then. Mate, absolutely. So, so let's talk about the footy. So you guys are in the Western Conference and you're currently yeah. undefeated. Yes, I mean, that's right. I, I mean, I've heard a few people say that LA is the, the best Australian franchise, super rugby franchise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mate. No, mate, look, it's, 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 it's going well. Like um, the setup, setup is, super, is, is super rugby standard, you know? So... And I think that's where maybe the other teams are um, lacking a bit. I think DC and Wolsey being in the super rugby environments in the past, and um, they've created that sort of environment for us. And obviously players like Gitz and Adam Ashikup and Dave Dennis with the standards they set for, for the players. I mean, you have to buy in or it won't work for you. Yeah, so you've obviously been around players like that before. But for some of the younger guys like Charlie Abel um you know, uh, some of the Ramwick guys that I think are there. Is is, yeah. that a, is it a big step up for them? Mate, 100%. But um, I think, once again, DC recruit, DC recruited so well that 
the, he knows the blokes, the, the guys, those younger guys will definitely just buy into everything and won't ask questions. So, but I think he's got, he's got a massive good brain for, for the sort of recruitment. And I think Wolsey also, and obviously Adam Fryer played a massive role in it as well. So I think that he got the right certain players to, um, to come with no egos and just to come and buy in and work hard. What's, what's Wolsey's role? Wolsey's a forwards and defence coach. So um, he's basically... So so no, Dessie's the head coach and, and attack coach, and then you've got uh, Adam Fry. What's, what's he doing for you guys? He's, he's, he's the general manager. He's just the head of everything, so recruiting and that sort of stuff. And then we've got Alex Corbacero, um, which is a scrum coach. Yeah. And, yeah, so those those three are the big ones, yeah. What's what's it like working with him? I've, I've followed him on social media. He seems like a out-there sort of confident <laughs> yeah. guy. No. He's, 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 a, he's a good man. Very, very out there. Very comfortable. Um, yeah, no, he knows his stuff, man. He's very, very passionate about it. So if you get someone like that involved, you see the passion, the time he puts in into everything, you, you, you're going to get um, buy-in from the players. So that, I think he's, he's managed that sort of aspect well. Hey, let's talk about you guys. When, when, did you, when did you guys move to Australia, you and Rwanda? Because yeah. you're from South Africa originally. Yeah, right. So we, we moved back. We moved to 2006. We went to Toowoomba Grammar in, in Toowoomba for one year. And then we went back to finish school in South Africa. With always the idea of coming back straight after school, which was 2010. But then we stayed on to, to, for, under contract with Western Problems for two years, end of 2010. Then we decided to move back fully because my parents stayed behind to sort everything out and that so end of 2010 we moved back and when we couldn't play professional rugby for three years because of the visas and obviously that young in your age if you want to get a professional gig and so you count as a foreign and they run most foreign spots on um non non uh like what's the word um experienced players so basically just stuck it out played club rugby for three years and then ended up at the brumbies so jake white went to brumbies he even, he remembered us at at school in South Africa and yeah so that's basically how we got into the mix so how why did you come to Australia was it always going to happen or was it due to anything going on over there or yeah no to be blatantly honest mate um, my parents saw what's how, how the future is going to end up there um, basically they made the decision that they didn't see a bright future for us as a family safety wise and that sort of stuff. So they made the decision to um, move over and start a new life and made it 100% worked out today and with um, no regrets, look back now, best decision they've ever made. Right, absolutely. So so you go to the Brumbies. How old were you and Ruan? Because you signed at the same time or were you slightly ahead? Oh, no, he was slightly ahead. So I came about six months later. So okay. I was, we, we were, Ruan was 22. We were both at 22, actually. 22, 23, and then, yeah, 23, I think, 2014, 18, yeah, 23, yeah. So you're not young, but you're not old either. So what was yeah. it like for you guys walking into, you know, the Jake White Brumbies, obviously a World Cup winning coach. Um, yeah. I imagine he's quite a big deal in South Africa. Yeah. Yeah, big deal in the rugby world, full stop. What was, yeah. what was it like walking in there? Maybe... Uh, 100%. Now, it was very eye-opening because obviously playing club rugby for three years, the professionalism he bought, but he, he believed the rugby job is a full-time job. So he created an environment. You come in at 7 o'clock and you leave at 4 o'clock and that's it. So it was very eye-opening. Tough to start, at, obviously, as a youngster. You're not used to that sort of um, 
direct, but that, that that sort of direction you need it. You know what I mean? So maybe you you, you basically get spoon fed, and yeah. that's when you that's when we started getting into good habits and obviously getting used to that sort of stuff and the professionalism, which yeah, which was good. What what front row boys were there when when you guys first started? So it was Palms, Palms, um, Dan Palmer, Benny Alexander, Scotty Sio, and my brother, and Rory Murphy. So they were the top five, and I, I came in as a six. Okay, so yeah, obviously, obviously, someone like Benny A, who so he would have been one of the senior guys when you were there, yeah, probably almost yeah. towards the end. Yeah, no, hundred percent. So Benny A was he, he was he was actually playing loose head, and, and Palms were playing tight head, and Palms were doing the scrums and all that sort of stuff at that time as well. So they were the boys starting, and then Scotty Scotty was, I think Rory actually started. And then Scotty took Rory past at some stage. And then um, they, I can't remember who was the other type. No, so long ago, mate. Um, yeah, and, but Palms got injured quite early that year. Yeah. I remember it's a British and Irish Lions year as well. And then, yeah, he missed most of it. And then Scotty came through and Benny started and tighted. So how many years did you end up staying there all up? Uh... So 2013, 14 and 15, three years. My brother stayed want... there a bit longer. Did you win a title when you were there? No, I was we I was on twenty uh, third man, but no, we no we we played this final in two thousand and thirteen. Okay, but we so lost uh, against the Chiefs. That's right, that's right. So after the Brumbies, what what happened next for you? Okay, so then um, I I got an offer to go back to South Africa um, at the Stormers for two years. So I, which was at that stage, the wrong decision for me personally, like. Um, I fell a bit off the bandwagon there in South Africa, you know, lifestyle and that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, it was, I got off the plane. I was injured and basically, um, yeah, things didn't go as planned. Eh? <laughs> is, Stormers, is Stormers Cape Town? Yeah, that's right, Stormers. I've never heard a prop uh, say anything bad about Cape Town. No, no, it's, it's good, mate. It's a good lifestyle. And if you don't have discipline there, you'll get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way of saying it. So, yeah. so you, you, did you end up spending the two years there, or you? Because I vaguely no. recall it, and then you you did like one year and then came back. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, I did one year and I came back, and I just just struggling a bit mentally and that sort of stuff, and I wasn't enjoying it. Like I said, I fell in bad groups and off the field, I had problems, and then basically I decided to come back and call it quits and. Um, so then I, I came back, I went to, um, that was 2000 and end of 2016. So 2017, Jake White was, and then while, while that, my brother was in, doing Brumbies Japan to Brumbies Japan. So Jake White was that stage with Toyota Verblitz. And then Jake White asked my brother, would I come over just to do a bit of training and covers, do a bit of cover covering because I had a few injuries. I said, yes, why not? So they paid for my ticket. Stayed there for three weeks. Three weeks ended in, in a month. One month ended in seven, eight months. So I basically fixed my body there, got right. And then I went, I actually went back to Australia to renew my visa because Jake wanted to keep me there. And then Paul Carosa at the stage, I think, saw on my Instagram I was in Brisbane. And then next day I got a message from, from I can't remember, from Sam Coringley, I think. And then they asked if I'm interested in coming back to the Reds and just and I jumped on it. So yeah, went went back to Japan, finished the season there, um, and then straight into 2018, so to end of 2017, I jumped into preseason with the Reds. How was Jake Watt's reaction? No, he was he was firstly he was um 
he, he didn't yeah he didn't quite quite like it but he supported me because at that stage you know I wouldn't have really played a lot in uh, Japan I was um just basically because Jake White believes in the whole group if your training squad is, is strong the whole squad will develop so he, I was basically one of those players there and um he tried to keep me there but at the end of the day he understood it so um no he supported me with it okay so you you've Agreed, agreed to go to the Reds. Now, was that that was Brad Thorne's first year? Yeah, that's correct. So, what was what was he like when you walked in there? What was your first yeah, so, impressions? Because he was he's a bit of a legend. Yeah, no, hundred percent. So, first, first session, um, I got a, I, when I agreed, and it was he Thorne first wanted to train with me, and then so I went in. Fuck, I was nervous, eh? Like, I, so I, he, I wanted to, he wanted to do like gym with you or something? Yeah, he wanted to do a session with me first. And then... Um, <laughs> so, Have you ever experienced so, that before? No, 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 never. So <laughs> it, was, it, it, was, it was pretty, pretty, pretty intimidating. But yeah, we got it done. And um, the next day, uh, my agent, Alan Murphy, we got the paper signed. And yeah, the two years were signed from there. Okay, what was, what was your initial impressions? Because it's quite a young Reds team. I imagine you and Ruan were a couple of the older boys at that point. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of young guys who have now gone on to do some pretty good things. What, what was it like that first year? It, it, it was pretty, um, especially when I look back at the times at the Brumbies, like when you had the likes of Scott Foddy, Benny A, Palms, all those boys, you know, um, Sam Cartz, Clyde Rathbone, that was the total opposite from at the Reds. Like, Thorny scrapped every, every, everything from the start and basically started over. Like, I think at that stage, I had, I think, maybe 30 or 40 Super Rugby, 35 Super Rugby, and that was some of the most, except Slips was there. And we had with the odd one or two, that was there, Scotty Eagerbotham and um, those boys. But once... Once those boys would have gotten injured, we would have been in a bit of trouble. So the depth wasn't wasn't there, but it was um, it was actually a good environment, mate. Like everyone was there to work hard. You could see everyone was um, really hungry at that stage. Obviously, it didn't go far as the first year or two, um, but I, I eventually knew um, it's it's gonna go well. What about Brad as a coach? How, how was his coaching style at the start and? Did it evolve over your time there? That's a good question. Now, at the start, it, it, I find it quite difficult. Um, but um, what he really bought was the mental side of things and he's the standards of... But what the last year and a half, two years, I would say, when I was at the Reds, he, he turned around like that. An incredible human being, um, very approachable. And, yeah, I think he had a lot of pressure, but... Um, no, he, he was a whole total different person. So it was quite quite hard to be a, to, to to approach, and you were all scared of him, you know. But um, the last two years, and I think that that's why the Reds are so successful at this moment because it's all of the environment he created. He, I think he created half relaxed a bit and changed himself as well. And the boys found found that very um, relaxing. Like, fuck, you were scared to make a. a, a, a a training mistake and that sort of stuff because you know he'd get up you but now he's much more relaxed he's you see him smiling and all that sort of stuff so that that made made a massive difference I could imagine because when he first started coaching uh, with you guys he pretty much only just finished playing and like the way he was as a player absolute legend so he probably just translated what what he knew as a player would work for him into a coach and it probably took him a couple of years to adapt is that fair? Yeah I 
hundred percent. That's a that's a great, and I've never actually thought about that. But now that you say it, it's it's, it's spot on. Like I think he expected the standard that he he had himself as a that everyone had to add. You know, instead of the boys learning to do that, he expected it straight away. And by the standards that he had when he was a player, I mean that's why he played with not everyone had that, but. And once he once he realized not everyone can that, but he installed that sort of standards, then things started changing. Well, I look at it like this as well. Like if you look at some of the young guys, particularly at the Waratahs now, they're learning how to play. Like Harry Johnson Holmes, who I think is becoming yeah. a good good tight end prop. He's, he's learning how to play tight end prop at Super Rugby level, yeah, you know, rather than doing it at club level. And like Brad yeah. was learning how to coach at Super Rugby level. So it's gonna yeah. take time. Gonna take time to adapt. Yeah, no, definitely. That's a, that's a, once again, that's a good um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Way to look at it. Like, look, I mean, Harry Johnson Holmes. I think throwing those guys in the in the um, deep end. That's the only way, the quickest way you will learn. And as a coach, I reckon you just need to bite the bullet and back the guys. I mean, I reckon Harry Johnson Holmes is, is will be an unreal title. Yeah. Unreal tight. It's it's actually hard for me to see when they throw him back on loose head because he's doing so well. You know what I mean? And um, but that's that's it, mate. You need to learn the deep, and it's um, it's it's hard when you want to play a player, but you, you yeah, you you especially in front row, you you go and um, make him try and learn at club level and that sort of stuff. But yeah, I I reckon it's a good example. Like look look how good James is going and. Yeah, fortunately, hopefully, in my opinion, hopefully he, he stays. That's a great example you you, you just used. Hey, what what about you? Um, influences on you because I remember like you. We had breakfast, you, me, Ryan, and Palms when yeah. you guys were in Canberra years ago. And yeah. thankfully, I, I just remember meeting you guys and go, "Thank fuck, I'm not playing today." And what do you guys? And what do you guys fuck the scrum up? So talk talk to me about scrummaging influences for you guys. Look, my, for me, it's it's always been. Uh, I, I wouldn't say, I, so, but Palm, to be honest with you, mate, Bob Palms had a massive influence on that. Um, like the way Palms approached the scrums, the way Palms, fuck, mate, he's a scientist. You know what I mean? The way he thinks about, I mean, look, look, compared to the scrum last year, the Brumbies were good, but compared to this year and years, but Palms installed that mentality at the Brumbies um, since he was there, and. I think he's he's one of the biggest um, people that that I I can look at like how he broke down a scrum, how m- mentally it is, and for Palms it was also a fact of it's a pride thing. Like it, it, you you'd fume if you go backwards, and that's why he never almost went back. And I think that I've installed at me like I it's a pride thing for me, mate. Like it's it's a respect thing. If yeah, like I I really. If I get pushed back in the scrum in a, in a game, I'm out of the game. Though. I don't even want to play. You know what I mean? So um, I think it just comes down to, to a pride thing for me. So how did you guys work out who was going to play loose head and tight head? Because obviously twin um, brother Ruan is a tight head prop. Yeah. No, it, it actually we actually just decided one day at, 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 club, le- at club level and under 90 level, he played mostly tight and I played loose but we weren't convinced. But one day we just were turned up at Jeeps and said, okay, you're going to play tight and I'll play loose And we just stuck with it, basically. That was as simple so, as that. <laughs> yeah, as simple as, as, as that. We didn't really care. Mate, what about, what about going to the Reds? Who, who ran the scrum up in Queensland? 
Um, look, coaches, uh, I, I think Slips, Slips did a great job. I still believe till today Slips is one of the best props in the world. You know what it's I mean? Cool, and, right? Yeah. And just he, he, Slips wasn't a man of big words, but he's, he, he worked his ass off, mate. Like I took a lot out, a lot from him. And um, yeah, and obviously Cameron Lillicrap, the scrum coach there, he was also installed that toughness, mentality toughness, and also a pride thing for us. And that's why I think we 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 had such a good three years when I was there as well. Other boys are going now. We just really, really took pride in in, in, in the scrum. Mate, I, I look at um, anyone that plays a hundred Wallaby games or test matches is amazing. Anyone that does it in the front row is incredible. So I, I don't think yeah. James Slipper gets the credit he deserves in this country. My hundred percent. No, I totally agree with you, mate. I I still firmly believe today that Slips is for me. I would call it out the the best research prop in the world. He is massively underrated and people don't understand um, what an influence he has in a team and that sort of stuff. So it's unbelievable how he how he's still going. I mean, he's only 32 years old now. It's got another three, four, five years in him if he wants to. So, um, yeah, no, but there's a, there's a reason he's been, he's been able to do that. Like, just to week in and week out, just stay mentally in it, you know. Some of us, we, we get comfortable. We all that sort of stuff, especially me, the stages of my career that I got very comfortable, I was happy where I was. He just finds a way every week to turn up and turn up. And I think that's why um, he's, 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 done, he's achieved what he's achieved. Tell me about Taniela Tupo, because I, I look at him and go, that, that is the, the perfect prop. Yeah. Like, no, he's, he's going to be the yeah. world's best prop, and I, I hope Australia managed to keep him, but I don't think they yeah. will. Yeah, no, um, honestly, like, the, the, the amount of offers he's getting overseas, it's 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 exhausting. You know what I mean. And but Nala, I, I always say he's a generation player. Like I honestly don't believe we will get another Daniela in the next uh, 10, 15 years. Like he's exceptional, mate. He's the most blessed, talented player I've ever ever come across. And um, just such a down to earth guy. And yeah, no. Is, yeah. In my opinion, he's, he's he's the freakish, most gifted player I've I've ever been a part of. And um, so part of my business, I, I do highlight reels for for a lot of mm. super rugby guys. And yeah, I don't do his highlight reel, but you could probably have like most props. You get five minutes out of a season. I reckon he yeah. probably would have last <laughs> twenty five minutes, and most of it's like line breaks. But he, but he can yeah. scrum. He can scrum as well. Yeah. No, mate. It's, it's ridiculous. He, there's, um, but the biggest thing is if 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 you, if you can't restrict now, like you need to. Sometimes it goes out of system. Sometimes it does. And I don't think that's why he's doing so well at the race because they allow him because maybe he's damaging. If you're gonna go restrict now, he's he's gonna go into his shell and um, you need to let him make the occasional mistake, hang on the wing, and because Thorny knows he's, he he damages things, so they can't restrict him in that aspect. So yeah, no, he's, he's a free. Last year, last year, um, you know how they did the extra time if you if you weren't winning, so you'd have yeah. like eight minutes, and if it was a draw, you'd play extra ten minutes. Yeah. I think you made, a, I think you made like a line break in the fifth minute of the extra time. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I just watch it go, mate. It's like the guy's too nice to his girlfriend; he's making the rest of us look bad. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's, he just always finds finds something in there to just keep going, eh? and um, never complains. He's never. 
just yeah, I haven't heard him once complain on the field, not once. Mate, um, hope he stays around. So, with you, you mentioned before that you went through a bit of a, a darker period where you were thinking mm. about not playing. H- how did you come through that? Did did you did you get any outside help? Was it help from family? Yeah, look, that's a good question, mate. Um, I, I didn't get the reason why I went down. I didn't have any help. Um, when I was back in South Africa, I was very quiet and I started drifting off from my family and I started missing calls. And then that, that's when they realized there was something wrong. And I basically, my dad basically said, he's going to come get me or I just jump on the plate and go back. So I basically gave up on hiding and lying to them and um, just got on the plane, left my contract as it is because I just had to. And then, um, but I, my, I, 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 for the first six months when I got back, my parents made me stay with them so I can get my feet and, um, then obviously, yeah, I, I started basically, I, I did go see a few people. I, I, not now in America, but in Australia, I, I used to go see a fair bit of people and which helped me because yeah, I, I did silence a lot of my, um, troubles and that sort of, obviously you don't think you have problems at that stage in your life, but, um, it, it did started building up and that's when I started making decision after decision and I just got myself deeper, deep into shit. So, um, yeah, but luckily I had a massive, very big support from my family and, yeah, got through it. And still today, I still get those um, little times I dwell off and that sort of stuff. But then I I find somewhere just to get back onto the wagon, which in the past I couldn't. So, yeah. Mate, the, the reason I'm asking is because like, I get a lot of teenagers that listen yeah. to this. Um, and I think... You know, I was talking to Carlo Tizano last yesterday, mm. and he's like, "When I first moved to Sydney, I was beyond depressed and devastated, and just you know, moving away mm. from home and network and all that sort of stuff." And I just think it's helpful hearing guys like you, you know, talk yeah. about some of the struggles yeah, because yeah, everyone yeah. has everyone has struggles, and people think that they're in their own. You know, people always yeah. think they're the only one struggling, but I think everyone struggles. But it, it, it is, and I think especially in a career. In a rugby career, I think everyone goes through that. Through that, it just some stay 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 there a bit longer, and some, um, yeah, it's but it, it, it's massively important. Like now, I now I have you need to find something in, in your career and outside of rugby that's more important than yourself because I think it comes down to um, I was a very selfish person. I didn't care who I had. I was living for pleasure and that sort of stuff. And but once I started realizing. I've found something. I've got my wife and my baby girl now. And you need to find something that's as important for you to get back onto that. If you don't have that, whatever it is, family or friends, or you need to find something that's very important for you so that you can't, you don't want to let them down. What what happened? Well, congratulations on the baby, by the way. So thanks, mate. Yeah, thank you. Mate, how, how's, how's that whole experience been? No, no it's been it's been good. Um so my wife's a bit tired and uh, I got, got straight back into training after a couple of days. And um, so, yeah, no, it's been good. She's sleeping well, eating well, everything. But good, good feeling. Yeah. Unreal, mate. Unreal. Yeah. But did, did, you have, stages, but... did you have a boy, boy or girl? A little girl. Mate, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. What, what are you going to do after you finish playing? Look, yeah, that's a good question. I've, I'm, I'm thinking of going into youth work. Um, so social work and that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I feel I can add a bit of value there and 
um, also gives me something after rugby that I can feel feel I can add value because I think if you go into something um, your whole career you've added value in aspects but if you go into something that's my personal opinion for myself if you go into something that you, you just go to do something because you have to do something that sort of off the wagon stuff will start again but if you add value and you to something important I think um, things will go well for you um, funny BPA told me the same thing so yeah, summed up at the Reds, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what happened to Bros, bro? Are you guys still doing um, that? No, we we had to stop that. Like through COVID, we um, it actually went well. We were in in a matter of two three months, we were in 14, 15 shops around Australia. So, but then COVID hit, manufacture went down, and then we took a while to start it up again. And as soon as we started relaunching the new uh, manufacturer all this Los Angeles stuff happened. So we've, I'm definitely continuing that in the future, but it, it's very hands-on. Like I can't, it, it's impossible to do that when you're in another country. And um, yeah, especially when you don't have the, the amount of money for marketing, you have to market all yourself and that sort of stuff. So, um, but yeah, no, no, we'll get back onto it again eventually. Mate, I was I was looking forward to getting it down to Sydney. I was oh yeah, Instagram yeah. stuff. I was loving it. <laughs> yeah. Um, now we'll, we'll make sure in the future, mate. Mate, good good stuff. What what about studies? Have you done any studies outside of rugby? Yeah. So I've done a um, sport development diploma. Um, I've done a business diploma, and I've um, busy stop. I'm busy with my youth work set for, and uh, I, I was halfway through my teaching degree. Um, but obviously when I went back to the Stormers, I, um, I gave that up. So I basically just stopped that as well. Is that all through, you've done all that through, uh, Rupa? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, mate, I've just got some random, random questions for you and then I'll, okay. uh, I'll let you go back to your day off. Hey, <laughs> okay. What do you get, do you get to do much in your days off by the way? No, not, uh, not really, mate. Like now, obviously it's a bit hard, but. When, when I do, I like to go play a bit of golf or, yeah, that sort of stuff. Maybe have a big feed on the barbecue and, yeah. Mate, um, have, you, have you met Adam Gilchrist yet? I meant to ask you that before, but I forgot. Yeah, I, I, we were in camp in, um, when was it, in December in Australia, and I met him briefly. So um, it was probably 30-second, hi, how are you? But no, not, not, not again. We'll probably see him sometime this year. And is he based in Australia? Yeah, he's based in Australia. I mean, I love the fact that he owns two rugby teams and both named them after himself. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I guess when you offer half a billion dollars, you can do whatever you want. eh? That's right. That's right. Mate, what's your favourite touring destination or or place you've been so far? Mate, Queenstown. Queenstown was unbelievable. Um, Probably everything, when you look at it, looks Photoshop. It was the most beautiful place I've ever seen. So, yeah, definitely Queenstown. Sorry, did you say before you'd been to Japan, you played in Japan for Toyota? Yes. How how was that experience? I should have asked you that. I I love Japan. eh? Unreal. Like, I wish I had another opportunity to go there. Just the people that everything is just unreal. The most friendliest people, the country just works. And I really, really enjoyed it. Obviously, the language was a big... um, uh, was was very odd, but yeah, if you get past that and learn a bit of the basics, it was an unbelievable experience. I could see myself live there for you. What's your favorite food? Um, probably sushi. Okay, definitely. Out, sushi, out yeah. of anything, even even like 
burros, steak. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. okay. <laughs> maybe maybe a good, good, nice slow cooked short rib. You know, but a short beef short ribs. That's also up there. So. Like that, yeah. I like that. Um, do you yeah. listen to any? Do you listen to any podcasts or audio books or anything? I've, like that? I've, I've, re- I've recently actually started. Yeah, I've um, I'm I'm heavy into Joe Rogan. Um, yeah, yeah, but there's, there's there's heaps, mate. Oh, um, obviously get get into this one. Where do you download yours? Um, Apple Podcast Store, okay. Spotify, and on YouTube as well. Okay. Perfect. Now I'll definitely get into that because yeah, no, I, I really enjoy it. I can't me. I'm starting to listen a bit of every night before I go to sleep. So yeah, no, I enjoy it. Nice man. Do- uh, documentaries, movies, TV shows. Massive Docker fan. Massive okay. Docker fan. Basically everything. I'm. Uh, I've. I think I've seen seen a lot of the stuff, but also series like Sons of Anarchy, um, The Walking Dead. Love that sort of stuff as well. What, what kind of docos are you into? Serial um, killer, UFOs? Yeah, conspiracy theories, all that sort of, um, yeah, everything, uh, what do you call it? The UFOs, aliens, um, that Rob Lazar, Bob Lazar sort of stuff, I'm heavy into that. So are you into conspiracy theories? Uh, I don't want to be, but some of them I believe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, is, yeah. The, is the earth flat? No, no, no. That, 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 that's not a true one, no. But no. I, had, I had one of my Tillian um, mates who's a really smart dude. He was absolutely convinced that the earth was flat. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, 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 I actually saw, saw on YouTube uh, um, a thing about that. So it's interesting. I, I, I'll definitely watch it. But yeah, I'm scared I'm going to be convinced. Eh? <laughs> Mate, he sent me this video. I watched it go, there's no, like it just didn't make any sense. But in his head, that YouTube video that some random guys produced, he's absolutely convinced that the Earth's flat. <laughs> yeah, man. I, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll just watch a bit of it because, like I said, I'll, I'll probably get convinced. <laughs> Mate, um, tell me about your brother. Throw him, throw him under the bus if you want to. Um, no, he, uh, he's good, mate. Like he's, he's, uh, <laughs> he's a. No, I don't have a few a lot things I can think of now, but. Um, He's uh, no, he's go, he's going well, mate. Like I, we, we don't talk a lot at this stage because obviously I'm so busy. And but he's doing his sort of studies, and I think to be honest, with you, I think he's going to retire this year. Okay. And event, eventually, but I don't think he hasn't be, been out in public with that. But yeah, I think he'll retire this year. Mate, but but in terms of like the journey you guys have been on, you've you've pretty much mm-hmm. been together ninety eight percent, ninety nine percent of the way, like. You know all all that stuff that you guys have done together. Does that make it better? Better in what way? Well, you get to share it with someone who's yeah, so close no, to you. Un- unbe- unbelievable, mate. We were very fortunate, and a lot of people think it's always been like a, a, a package deal, but it it, it definitely hasn't. Like, um, I think the thing about it is, coaches saw if they, what they got out of the one, they knew they would get out of the other one. So. It's been fortunate. Um, obviously, started with Jake, and um, yeah, no, it's it's been unreal, mate. Like, um, obviously, would have been good if we finished off here together, and but we've we've had our time together, which was we which was awesome. Is he is he going to get into coaching afterwards or anything like that? I'm not sure. I, I think he's he's helping a bit out at Brothers at the moment. Um, but yeah, I'm not too sure about him. But that's definitely something I want to look into in the future. You're, you're um, interested in coaching? 
Yeah, no, definitely. As yeah. pro- professionally or more as like a, a club sort of thing? Yeah, or? Uh, wherever, wherever I can. And obviously, if it ends up professionally, it ends up professionally, but I definitely see myself doing something like that. I thought it'd be good. Who's the best prop you've ever played against? That's a good question. Um, I'm going to tell you the truth. Uh, Scrummage-wise, it would be a good mate of mine, Franz Malarba, the Springbok prop. Okay. Just, just heavy. Heavy and aggressive and um, always had to work extra, extra hard against him. So he's definitely... But the most the most uh, all-rounded prop would be Slips, eh? Like, Slips, yeah. I, I, I couldn't fault anything in his game. Like, yeah, he's... And the work rate, I think I admire the work rate that man has. So, would you change anything from from your career when you look back on it? Do you, do you look back and go, oh, I enjoyed that as much as I could have? Did, Made hundred percent. If if I could turn back anything, I would make myself realize how fortunate I am to be in the position because I did take it for granted. I was happy where I was, and if I took it more seriously at stages and didn't um, take it for granted, I think I would have achieved more than I did. And if I just had the mindset of just keep working hard, not being complacent, um, I think that would be my biggest regret. Um, So, yeah, I'm 31 years old now and I still struggle to do that. I still have to, after a good week of training, I can't can't relax. I still have to be, find something that, so that that for me, I I I would change that. When you I'm trying to I'm trying to find the right words to say this, um, it's too early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what advice would you give your eighteen-year-old self? If looking, um, looking back on it, looking back on it, um, yeah. I mean, I'll put it to you this way: the only guy I've spoken to who probably wouldn't give themselves any advice was Kieran Reid, which you'd hope mm. a guy like that would go, "Oh yeah, I look back and did it all as well as I could." Yeah. But looking back now, what advice would you give your younger self? My just just keep working hard. Never never get complacent. I use the word complacent very very often, but never it, it ends like this. Your career ends like this, and at the start of your career, you say no. Next year I'll try. Next year I'll try. But never be complacent. Just find find a way to keep yourself focused and set massive goals for yourself. And a lot of people set goals in the long term. I never said said goals. I just went up training, got home, Conway to get home. But smaller goals, goals of one month, two months, and once you tick those off, the bigger goals will come. So, yeah, definitely that. Mate, that, mate that's great. That's great. Let's finish on this. I've been, I keep forgetting to ask guys, and I've had a couple of props on now, but I always get asked by the young guys at our club because I'm coaching now. They're like, yeah. can you ask? Can you ask him about some of the the physical stuff? So, when you're at your absolute strongest, what are you benching? What are you squatting? What are you okay. deadlifting? Okay, so deadlift. I'll be honest with you. I haven't done that a lot in my career. But my squat was a two twenty five. Yeah. And uh, my bench press was one seventy seven. So that uh, squat, as in just normal back squat, or is that a yeah, no, no back squat to to, to the floor, past two, ninety degrees. 225 and what about fitness stuff I, I imagine you're super fit you know good at broncos and beat tests and- yeah no I, I was at a stage i was pretty good like my bronco was a 504 my okay. best time yeah and um, that is pretty fucking good yeah and i think my my um 
I can't remember my beat test at the Browns or something. I think a 12-8 or something like that. And um, and what were you weighing at the time? I was quite light, 113. So it helped a bit. Okay. That's, mate, that's, yeah. that's not a small person still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's, a, it's a bit slower these days, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mate, let's finish yeah. on that. Thank you so much for your time, mate. Um, okay. Mate, all the yeah. best. Best of luck with it. Thank you so much for the time, man. Appreciate it. Any any time, mate. And take care and good luck with everything. Thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, Toby. Cheers, brother. See you, bye. bye.